Welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Respect. As always, I'm joined by my knight in shining armor, Matt. Yep. On today's episode, <laughs> bleh, on today's episode, we're going to be discussing a really, really real example of life imitating art. Yes, we will indeed, Jenny. On this episode, we will be discussing the first lady of wrestling, or so she was called... Elizabeth Hewlett, known to the wrestling world as Miss Elizabeth. We will be diving into her career in both WWE and WCW, as well as her on-screen and real-life relationship with the Macho Man Randy Savage. That's my lame Macho Man. That's fine. Person. Yeah, that's the last time. The first and last <laughs> time I'm going to do it. No, it's not. Um, and how this relationship came to define both individuals. Get your Slim Jims ready, brother! <laughs> Sorry, that's that was like a little Hulk Hogan. Hogan. That's like Hulk Hogan, yeah. All right, that's the first and last time we're both doing that. It's not, though. Nah. Yeah, okay. No promises. Um, but although Elizabeth was not an in-ring performer, she was a staple on the WWE television being a valet for her real-life husband, Macho Man Randy Savage. And as Maddie mentioned, we will dive into this relationship in detail. Um, unfortunately, very, very tragic end for both parties involved. Yes. Uh, but before we do that, uh, it has been about a month since you last heard from us. Mm. About a month. And uh, goddamn, a lot's happened since then. Sure has. Jeez. So I'm not going to get into super duper defined details here. Yeah. Uh, but our son had a birthday. Yeah. He turned four. Happy Yay. fourth birthday, Henry. We yeah, love you. That's on the, on the good side of things. Yes. Um, I finished school without... Murdering anybody. That's always a also plus. Also a plus, yeah. yes. And I passed. So now at this stage in my school career, it's about passing. It's not about A's and B's anymore. It's just getting through. Yeah. I think a lot of uh, listeners, if they're still in school, can definitely relate to that many. Don't worry. Yes. And the, as I said um, to you, Jennifer, uh, the cherry on top of the diarrhea Sunday mm-hmm. <laughs> was... Um, our car our, was stolen. Our car was stolen. Thank hey. you. I couldn't get it out. I know. It's I weird to say. It, it is. It is weird to say. Um, so, you know, all I can say is lock your cars because you just never know. Yeah. We live in a nice town and we got fucked. Yep. Um, but yeah. yeah. Ha, uh, um, what's, what's it called? Shout out to uh, a certain insurance with a lizard as, a, as their forefront yes. because they've been yes. kicking some serious ass and, and they've been nothing but good yes and local police department as well oh yeah who, shout out who made um not at first i would say but made the process a little easier as time went on but uh yeah definitely uh lizard insurance you guys are awesome yeah and i would recommend you to anybody <laughs> yeah without saying any specific names because we're not sponsored by them so for sure yes i, uh, I have i have some questions um yes this me. weekend i mean we um you know, we, we record our shows in advance, of course. This weekend upcoming is SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. We're very pumped about it. I got to be honest with you, and I know I said this to you, I'm more pumped about TakeOver Toronto. Yeah. Um, but, you know, SummerSlam should be good. Yeah. I mean, our girl Trish is back. Yes. So uh, good timing. Re- wrestle Charlotte, and uh, we'll see what she's still got left. Should be interesting. What do you think? Who, who, who do you think is going to come out on top of that one? <sighs> I think she do. I think she goes over Trish. Yeah, in her hometown. You think so? I think so. Yeah. 
I guess probably wrong, but I, I would think. You know, we'll I love myself some Charlotte Flair, I know you do. but I, I do know love you do. myself some Trish too. So yeah. we'll see. So we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, an exciting month for wrestling—that's for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, we got All Out at the end of August. AEW's you know second big pay per view. Uh, which will cap the month and uh, exciting month for wrestling fans, that's for sure. Yes, definitely. Okay, so small talk aside now, let's get into a timeline of Miss Elizabeth and Randy Savage because, as you will see, these two go hand-in-hand for pretty much their entire careers. Yep, let me take a bite of my Slim Jim. That snap. (laughs) And I'm ready to go. Okay, (laughs) go. Okay, um... Sorry for my paper ruffling. That's all right. Ed's not, Ed's, our buddy Ed's not uh, editing this, <laughs> so I, I don't mind the ambient paper ruffling noise. Okay, good. Yeah. So um, let's dive in. So the whole timeline is going to begin with uh, the meeting of Miss Elizabeth and Macho Man Randy Savage. Um, uh, Elizabeth met <laughs> his name, Randall Puffle, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Macho Man. Of course. Um. <laughs> Uh, actually, at a gym. So he would go into his gym in the wee earlies of the morning, and she yes. would be there. And She was working the front desk, yes. And uh, one thing led to another, and... Bada bing, bada boom. Bada bing, bada boom, exactly. So after meeting, they would eventually marry in 1984. On June 17th of 85, Randy Savage debuted in, the, uh, in WWF. And at the time, WWF featured an angle... Which is a fictional storyline for, for the non-wrestling listeners. Yes, yes. <laughs> willing to learn. Yes, so they featured an angle, which is uh, their their storyline, um, in which all managers in the promotion competed to offer their services to Mister Macho Man. Just um, just wrestling related services, nothing with you know, right with behind closed doors. Right. Yeah. So it was later revealed that he chose Miss Elizabeth. So Miss Elizabeth's WWF debut was aired on August 24th of 85. Um, and she was the very first, very, very first significant female powerful role, even though she didn't wrestle. From that point on, she was the manager of Randy Savage. Randy Savage would eventually move on to win the Intercontinental title. Um, for those fans who don't know, it is the second most prestigious title in the WWE. At least it is was it was at one time the stepping stone toward the world title and now it is just relegated to rubbish yeah the, pre, <laughs> the pre-shows and no you know you know devalued to the nth degree unfortunately but hey different time right now mm-hmm. so uh so elizabeth's first major angle was actually during savage's feud with george the animal steel in 1986 love george the animal steel mm. in the angle steel fell in love with elizabeth kayfabe of course angering Savage and leading to a series of grudge matches between him and Steele. Their feud was one of WWF's most popular of the 1980s. It carried on for well over a year, uh, thanks to Steele's continued innocent crush on Elizabeth. Savage lost his Intercontinental Championship to Ricky Steamboat at WrestleMania III on March 29, 1987, in what still uh, some still consider to be one of the greatest matches of all time. Uh, Steamboat would eventually drop his title to the Honky Tonk Man. Honky Tonk Man. Honky Tonk. Uh, and Honky would insist that he was the greatest <laughs> intercontinental heavyweight champion of all time. Uh, it instigated, actually, this instigated a challenge from Savage. 
So in their match, which aired on October 3rd, 1987, Saturday night's main event, Honky actually shoved Elizabeth to the mat before assaulting Savage with a guitar. Elizabeth ran backstage and persuaded one Hulk Hogan to come out and rescue Savage. Savage and Hogan uh, officially formed the Mega Powers, running off Honky and his allies Bret the Hitman Hart and Jim the Anvil Nightheart. So here we see the uh, the merging of the two powerhouse yes. uh, names in WWE into one tag team. So throughout the Savage Honky feud, <laughs> I I feel weird honky. saying Honky. No, no, no. It's alright. I'm not insulting our white viewers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> throughout the Savage Honky feud. Um, a key point was Honky's claim that Elizabeth secretly wanted him more than Savage. In several of their matches, Honky would try to corner Elizabeth, although Savage would always beat him back. At the first ever SummerSlam, the Mega Powers Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage teamed up against Andre the Giant and Ted DiBiase. The Mega Bucks, with Savage's former tag team partner, Jesse the Body Ventura, as the special guest um, referee. Yeah, same uh, Jesse Ventura that was the governor of Minnesota. <laughs> Just in case you guys forgot. <laughs> Wasn't uh, uh, Kane. Kane? Kane's doing something political. He's like the mayor of somewhere in Tennessee. That's yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're ever thinking of getting a career in politics, maybe you start in the professional wrestling yeah it seems like they have a foothold already <laughs> um so most of the pre-matchup uh pre-match build-up was centered on elizabeth who by this time was at the peak of her popularity the tease for the match was that if things got bad elizabeth billed as the secret weapon of the mega powers was never um she was going to wear sexy red panties Panties under her fancy clothes. Ooh, granny panties, probably. <laughs> High waisted. What did they yeah, wear it's back? Not, it's not the attitude ever yet, so I doubt she was in a thong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she was also married to uh, Macho Man, yes. so he's not going to let her yes, parade he's in, not, in thongs. Because he's a psycho. Very, very possessive, and um, which we'll get into. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, so. Towards the end of the match, Andre and DiBiase were in control. So Elizabeth got up on the apron, ripped off her skirt to reveal her panties. Well, I ain't saying panties. So <laughs> reveal her panties. Her undergarments. <laughs> which distracted Andre, uh, DiBiase, and Ventura, giving Savage and Hogan time to recover after being knocked out of the ring. Um, so the Mega Powers quickly took advantage of the situation and won the match after Ventura made a reluctant three count. Um, three count, sorry. Um, Pantygate did its job. So in post, uh, post-match post celebration, Hogan and Savage lifted up Elizabeth onto Savage's, uh, Savage's shoulders. So after doing so, Hogan reached up and touched Elizabeth's ass cheek, causing Savage to become irate after viewing the video footage. But and here he we was have, really just trying to steady her, of course, but of course, you know, they're trying to make that angle. here we have the first seed planted in what would become the major storyline that would dominate WWF mm-hmm. for the next year or so. Yeah. Um, so... That being said, Elizabeth became the catalyst in the uneasy and ultimate breakup of the Savage-Hogan relationship. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, it, it's been said, you know, you want 
you want to get these two guys together, and then you want to have them explode, which will lead to an eventual match between the two at WrestleMania Five. And what better way to do it than have Elizabeth, a woman, mm-hmm. be the one to break them apart? Yeah. So, uh, you know, due to Hogan's over-friendly, over-protective attitude toward Elizabeth, which turned Savage I off. was just standing her on your shoulders, right. brother! <laughs> Come on, Randy. That was terrible. <laughs> that terrible. Was terrible. All right, last time. Uh, so at his behest, Elizabeth actually accompanied Hogan to ringside for several matches during the fall of 88. Mm-hmm. No Savage. No just savage. Hogan and Elizabeth. So the tension between Hogan and Savage continued to build at the 89 Royal Rumble when Hogan accidentally eliminated mm-hmm. Savage. Sure, it's every man for himself. Accident, my ass. Mm-hmm. A hot Savage, uh, an irate Savage, I should say, uh, although he's kind of an attractive man, then confronted Hogan in the ring, causing Elizabeth to rush to the ring to play the role of Peacemaker. After the match was over, Jesse Ventura interviewed Savage and claimed he could see problems between the Mega Powers, something Savage unconvincingly denied. Dun, dun, dun. And the plot thickens. <laughs> um, so, meanwhile, tension continued to build with the Mega Powers, and on the main event, which aired uh, February of 89, Savage could no longer contain his growing anger towards Hogan. So, the sequence of events began when Miss Elizabeth was seemingly injured in a match. Hogan immediately ran to Elizabeth's aid. Um, and distraught with uh, distraught and fearing the worst, he carried her backstage like, like a baby, like that style, um, seeking medical attention. He was by her side on the little medical bed. Um, and Elizabeth eventually regained consciousness and asked Hogan to return to the ring. However, Savage was furious over being left to take a beating. Oh, he took a beating, all right. (laughs) Yeah, he got um, fucked up. He slapped Hogan in the face, uh, and after having some choice words, left him to face the Twin Towers alone. Uh, Hogan eventually won the match single-handed, FYI. Mm -hmm. So following the match backstage, uh, Savage and Hogan had a very, very loud verbal argument while Elizabeth was receiving medical attention, which uh, culminated with Savage blindsiding Hogan with the championship belt and beating him. I gotta say that um, even to this day, this is still some of their best work as far as, uh, not in-ring work, but as far as uh, storyline stuff and, you know, backstage, um, you know, backstage work. Yeah. Uh, They were both on their A-game with the storyline. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that concludes this analysis. <laughs> so, um, yeah. In the buildup of the Hogan Savage main event match at WrestleMania 5, Savage appeared in a series of televised promos, um, and he accused Hogan of lusting after Elizabeth with video footage of past incidents, um, edited in, of course, in a context to push Hogan uh, as a jealous, sore heel. Heel means the bad guy. Mm-hmm. So Hogan responded by defending his behavior with more complete footage of the same exact incidents uh, to push him as face or good guy. baby face. Good guy. After weeks of speculation as to whose corner Miss Elizabeth would stand in at WrestleMania 5, it was uh, announced, she announced, that she would stand in a neutral corner. So she took the safe way out. Um, During the Hogan-Savage match, Elizabeth got in the way of both wrestlers several times and was eventually sent from ringside. She was sent back in. See ya. Mm -hmm. Hogan went on to win Savage's um, WWF World Heavyweight Championship. 
So uh, following WrestleMania five, Savage replaced Miss Elizabeth in favor of the sensational Sherry, who we will cover in a future episode, I'm sure, right, Maddie? Yes, very important as well. Yes. Um, so for the remainder of 89 and 90, Elizabeth's appearance appearances were very sporadic. Yes, and in reality, aside from the business, she wanted to take a break from the road because um, she had been traveling this whole time with Randy and they had been pretty much on the road. 320 days a year yeah. for three or four years. And at that so, time, there weren't really any women there weren't really traveling any women. with them. So she was the only one. and uh, Probably just she, uh, Linda. Yeah, she just needed a break. Yeah, it's probably just her and Linda Hogan, probably the only two, but she just needed a break. Um, so, like I said, she disappeared from WWF television. She was written off until March 24th, 1991 at WrestleMania 7, when Savage lost a retirement match to the Ultimate Warrior. No, it was set up like this because Savage himself also wanted some time off in the ring uh, to spend with Elizabeth and uh, a couple months, you know, just to recoup, re-energize the batteries and just do some traveling. Uh, so upon his loss, uh, Sherry, Sensational Sherry, actually began beating and kicking the defeated Savage while he was down until Elizabeth, who was actually sitting at ringside, entered the ring and defended Savage. She grabbed Sherry by the hair and threw her out of the ring, reuniting Savage and Elizabeth. Macho Man punctuated the reunion by holding down the ropes for Elizabeth after years of her doing it for him. I remember this moment very, very well. And it was something that actually made people in the crowd cry. Mm -hmm. And I will always, that's one thing I will always remember, is that everybody had tears of joy in their eyes. It was a love story. Yes. Now, I don't know whether it was just good editing on WWE's part to find a couple people that were crying. It didn't mm -hmm. seem that way because it seemed like everybody was wiping tears from their eyes. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the, the fan base had a true um, love for these two characters yeah. uh, being together. So it was, it was really cool to see. So uh, skip ahead to June 91 during a taping of Superstars of Wrestling. In-ring segment with Mean Gene Okerlund announcing Macho Man Randy Savage proposed to Miss Elizabeth, which she accepted. Of course, they were already married in real life. For at least seven years. Yeah. Uh, the couple then held a heavily promoted on-air wedding build as the match made in heaven at the 1991 SummerSlam. So at the wedding reception, Elizabeth opened a gift package containing a live snake, which frightened her. Newly turned heel Jake the Snake Roberts and The Undertaker <laughs> crashed the reception and attacked the savage. I remember that, too. I think it would be cool if they crashed our wedding. That would be awesome. But not with snakes. Not with a cobra. No. no. But I remember that, and that was... Um, as a kid watching that was pretty damn frightening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. watching that as an adult, was just like the footage, you know, yeah. when we were prepping for our show, he just yeah. grabbed on and went mm -hmm. like, oh, Woo. So this started, excuse me, I broke. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Mm -hmm. uh, so this started a feud between Roberts and Savage where Elizabeth quickly figured prominently. The first high profile Savage Roberts match was at an. December 3rd, 1991, at the Tuesday in Texas pay-per-view event where Savage gained a pinfall victory. Roberts beat down Savage, then forced Elizabeth to beg him to stop beating. Apparently dissatisfied with her begging, Roberts grabbed her by the hair and slapped her across the face. Oof. Oof. Major, major heat coming now at, at Roberts. Yeah, it that. was brutal, too, if you want to yeah. take a look at Yeah, it at was that. a real slap. Like yeah. He laid it into her a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, so on the February 8th, 1992 edition of Saturday Night's Main Event, Roberts with a steel chair in tow was waiting in the backstage area for Elizabeth and Savage to come through the curtain after a match. Roberts was about to strike Elizabeth with the chair, but Undertaker stopped him. Oh. This started Undertaker's feud with his former ally and turned Undertaker face for the first time. Mm. 
So in her final WWF angle, WWF World Heavyweight Champion Ric Flair, <laughs> thank you for keeping it low key. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> bragged that he had dated Elizabeth before Savage met her. I remember this. This was a great storyline. Flair's tagline was, she was mine before she was yours. He showed photos of himself with Elizabeth in casual situations, which were later printed in an issue of WWF magazine. Oh, man. Clearly doctored, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, It was later revealed that the photos were, in fact, pictures of Savage and Elizabeth, which Flair had doctored. Mm -hmm. See? Yeah. So, Flair, with Mr. Perfect as his executive consultant, said Hmm. that they were going to show a nude photo of Elizabeth on the screen at WrestleMania 8. Poor girl. Although this did not occur. Nonetheless, if it was the Attitude Era, it probably would have occurred. Oh, for sure. So, nonetheless, Flair's Flair's claim set up his WrestleMania 8 match with Savage. During the match, Elizabeth made her way to ringside against the wishes of WWF officials. After Savage pinned Flair to win the title, an angry Flair cornered Elizabeth and began to kiss her. Elizabeth slapped Flair away, and Savage began beating Flair up until ring officials broke the two up. Elizabeth's final appearance took place at UK Rampage on April 19, 1992, during an overseas tour of England. In that match, Savage pinned Shawn Michaels. Now away from the ring, actually in August of that year, 1992, she and Savage divorced officially. Mm-hmm. After the, this is not the on-screen divorce, this is real life real divorce. Life, after, real life, real uh, life, not eight, an angle. After eight years of marriage. So after the decree was finalized late that summer, Savage issued a statement that was printed in WWF magazine revealing that he and Elizabeth were no longer together and thanking the fans for their support through the years. The publication of Savage's statement marked at the time a rare acknowledgement of the wrestlers' private lives for both the WWF and its flagship publication. Yeah, pre-Instagram, pre-Twitter. Yeah, pre-everything, yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're pulling back the curtain here yeah. way before they started Which was a big that. deal. Yeah. So Savage continued with the WWF for two more years, and except for the statement in WWF Magazine, his divorce from Elizabeth was neither referred to nor figured into any of Savage's future feuds at all. So um, uh, in January of 96, Miss Elizabeth returned to wrestling as a manager for Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan at Clash of Champions 32. Only three weeks later, on February 11th, Elizabeth turned on Savage by helping Ric Flair defeat him at Super Brawl 6 and then became Flair's co-manager in the Four Horsemen. Um, So in September of 96, Elizabeth joined the New World Order, if you can believe that, NWO. <laughs> alongside Hulk Hogan. It's, it's kind of weird to think because she was, you know, this quiet little thing and, and now she's appearing in NWO. But her turning heel was fucking awesome. Yeah. Yes, because she was a good heel. Um, it, she still seemed to care deeply for her ex-husband and eventually joined his side when he too joined the NWO in February of 97. Everyone joined at one time at yeah. least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So during much of 97, Randy Savage and Elizabeth feuded with Diamond Dallas Page and Kimberly Page. In June of 98, she parted ways with Savage once again by joining um, Black and White NWO, NWO Hollywood. Then she accompanied Eric Bischoff on his way to the ring for the next few months and derided Savage. Savage coldly reminded her that he, quote, got over her a long time ago, end quote, and didn't need her. Ouch. So Mm -hmm. soon after, Elizabeth accompanied Lex Luger. So this is important to note because at this time in real life, Elizabeth was actually fooling around with Luger even though um, he was married and he had children. Yes. 
Um, yes, yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. And she actually was married as well, briefly, um, to a South Florida attorney. Yeah. Um, it was short-lived, and they were, you know, it was 97 to 99. Yeah, with the uh, the marriage with the attorney that she was seeing. But um, the thing about the... Um, the whole Elizabeth Luger thing was that he was married, he had kids, and he actually um, bought a separate place just so that she could live by him so that they could fool around. So, um, you know, pretty screwed up. So, I mean, the place that he bought for her was actually in the same complex where his wife and children live. Yeah. So this could only end badly. There's no way it's ending. That's ballsy. It's very ballsy, but there's no way... It was ending well, and you know, you, you watch other interviews with with uh, WCW personnel at this time, and they say they were kind of hiding it, but they weren't really hiding it. Yeah, you know, it yeah. was like it was like you know they would get the adjoining rooms together at the, mm-hmm, hotel. the hotel. Yeah, of course, mm-hmm. you know they're you know they're banging each other. Yep. So clearly, clearly, I mean, they they hit it, but they didn't hide it. You know. Yeah. So, um, although her and Savage were obviously split at the time, Savage remained ever vigilant. <clears throat> excuse me, ever vigilant of Luger and was very, very protective of Elizabeth, according to backstage reports. She then took time off on the road with Lex with Lex Luger, with him, to recover from a legitimate biceps um, and final finalized her divorce with uh, the lawyer dude. Yeah, that uh, biceps injury was actually, it was Luger who had the bicep injury, not Elizabeth, just to clarify. Um so after Luger recovered from this injury, Elizabeth would make her return to WCW on the uh, September 27th, 99 edition of Nitro. So towards the end of 99, Elizabeth became much more physically involved in the action than she had ever been before. I mean, up until this point, she really didn't do anything at all in the mm-hmm. ring. Uh, so her new, her new vicious side, which I fucking loved, yeah. uh, would be ever so apparent at Starcade 99 when she struck Sting with his own baseball bat. This was a big deal at the time. As I said, Elizabeth was always seen as the quiet, subdued valet, right. at least on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, she soon engaged in short-lived view- feuds with Vince Russo and Kimberly Page. Uh, on May 8th, 2000, she wrestled in her first official match against Daphne. Um, which I have not seen. I have not seen that match. I'd be very curious to go back and watch it uh, to see if all of those years in the business, 15 years in the business, if she could actually work in the ring. Yeah. Um, so maybe we'll post a link to that match um, after the show is released. That's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, so Elizabeth worked with Kimberly Page for the remainder of May 2000. Her final WCW appearance was on the May 29th, 2000 edition of WCW Monday Nitro. And Elizabeth quietly retired from wrestling on August 17, 2000, when her contract expired. Afterward, you know, after she left wrestling, uh, her and Luger stayed as a couple uh, after leaving WCW in 2000. After her departure, Hewlett began working at the front desk at Main Event Fitness at Marietta, Georgia, which was a gym that Luger had owned for years. She went back to her roots. Went back to her roots, yeah. (laughs) Answering phones at gyms. Uh, Luger owned the gym, uh, had owned it for years, uh, and him and Steve Borden, a.k.a. Sting, opened it during their wrestling heyday. I don't like when you use their real names. Just say Sting. Uh, I'm sorry. It, it just ruins the, the allure. Right. Sorry. Continue. Sting, <laughs> a.k.a. Sting, opened it during their wrestling heyday. <laughs> um, so uh, she was actually advertised to make her first wrestling appearance on television since her departure from WCW during the World Wrestling All-Stars Tour of Europe in November 2002 and December 2002, alongside Luger. Mm -hmm. She accompanied him on the tour overseas, but didn't appear on a single show. She never made another wrestling appearance on television after she left WCW. 
Luger would end up winning and losing the WWA World Heavyweight Championship in matches with Sting during the tour. Now we get into some serious shit here. Yeah. Um, which only ends uh, terribly. Yeah. Um, so on April 19th, 2003, Elizabeth was involved in a domestic dispute with Luger, who allegedly had struck her in the garage of their townhouse in Marietta, Georgia. Uh, police found Elizabeth with two bruised eyes, a bump on her head, and a cut lip. Uh, Luger was charged with a misdemeanor count of battery and released on $2,500 bond. Fucking slap on the wrist. Yeah. Uh, terrible. Two days later, on April 21st, Luger was arrested for driving under the influence after rear-ending another car while driving his Porsche. According to the report on the arrest, Luger had slurred speech and bloodshot eyes and could not locate his driver's license. Um, it's worth noting, too, that... Uh, when Elizabeth was pr- approached by friends and asked her what, and they asked her what happened, she said she fell down the stairs. Yeah. No mention of um, being hit by by Lex or anything like that. Yeah. So she was clearly deflecting. Um, Luger actually, when he was um, in this car accident, had a nine millimeter handgun in the car. She was a passenger in the vehicle and was sent home in a taxi cab. He was also driving with a suspended license, driving with expired tags, and having no proof of vehicle insurance. Yeah, they were wow, they were doing a lot of a, a lot of pill popping at that point. Yeah, they were uh, they were in deep, in deep into that scene. Unfortunately, it's very um, sad. It's very sad because, um, you know, it's it's a case of somebody who was completely sheltered for the entire portion of her adult life, mm-hmm. uh, and then she finally gets some freedom and makes terrible choices. Yeah. Um, maybe not her doing altogether because I think that she. You know, Luger at this time was uh, big into that and the steroids and stuff like that. So um, I think that she surrounded herself with the wrong people as well. Um, And she didn't really have the wherewithal even at the age she was at, 42, to make her own decisions, unfortunately. So this brings us to May 1st, 2003, Marietta, Georgia. Luger calls 911 to report that Hewlett, Miss Elizabeth, was not breathing. She did not respond to mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, and paramedics rushed her to the Wellstar Kennestone Hospital emergency room where she was pronounced dead at the age of 42. A medical examiner listed the cause of death as acute toxicity brought on by a mix of painkillers and vodka. Her death was ruled an accident. Um, It's been said in many interviews um, with other wrestlers that like she was big into the pills, but she would take <clears throat> as many pills as one of the wrestlers would. And now these guys are two hundred fifty to three hundred pounds, and she was like eighty five, a hundred pounds. pounds soaking wet. Right. So she's popping the same amount as these guys are, and eventually it's just going to lead to bad things. And it did, and it's just sad. Um, you know, since they're related, we have to say that you know uh, Randy Macho Man Savage died of a heart attack um, while driving his car in two thousand ten. And uh, unfortunately, passed away way too young as well. Um, so we lost both of them in a you know a seven year period. Uh, really sucks, but um, it sucks that it ended so badly. And um, you know the dichotomy of her uh, sheltered under Savage when they were married and on the road together, uh, and then the Elizabeth that we got who had the freedom and didn't make the best choices is um, really tragic. It is. It is very tragic. Mm-hmm. And like we said, um, life imitating art. Randy was very jealous of anyone that would look at her and, and spoke to her. And and she ends up with this dude that was cheating on her. Do you think the wife ever found out? <laughs> well, I mean, it's public knowledge. I mean, we know. You know, so I'm sure. You know, I don't know. You know, at the time, I mean, you know, I'm sure. I mean, like I said, they were hiding it, but they weren't really hiding yeah. it. So, yeah. So, I mean... Mm-hmm. 
that's a lot of people to be around on a daily basis and then keep a secret like that without anybody finding out. Yeah. So. Um, really, really sucks. But that is her career. And um, as you could see, completely arm in arm with Randy Savage's career pretty much from beginning to end. Yeah. And um, you might be wondering, you know, why is it important for our listeners to know about Miss Elizabeth? And she was, she was like I said, in the beginning of our, to- of our uh, topic, she was the first significant female role. Even though she was non-wrestling at first, she did have that, you know, one wrestling match we said in 2000. Um, but she's important. She was that first female role. Yeah, and, um, you know, despite how she was portrayed on television, this sort of quiet, demure, um, very elegant woman mm-hmm. um, who was at the beck and call of the man that she was a valet for, mm-hmm. real-life husband... Um, the lines were kind of blurred there and she although she portrayed that character as a demure kind of subservient Mm -hmm. it's weird because she was also a very strong female character kind of for the same reason yeah I mean you think so yeah yeah so I mean it was just um, just a quiet sort of nobleness to her that Mm -hmm. really just exuded from her and through the screen Um, and you know I remember her and she was that was there was no female wrestling at that time, 1990, right. 1991. The women were not wrestling. Uh, something we'll get into in a future episode when we cover uh, another very controversial figure about why uh, female wrestling was dead pretty much between 1985 and 2000 for yeah. the most part. And we'll mm-hmm. cover that in detail. She murdered it. She murdered it. Big uh, But a big reason. And then, you know, this at this time... When they're not in the ring performing, there is a need for strong female characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a need for her character. And it was perfect. Uh, they were perfect th- together as a team. For all their faults, um, they were the best and hottest thing going mm-hmm. in WWE for five to six years. Yeah, she definitely brought a level of, of um, romance to yeah, it all. Classiness, romance. He was this crazy, wild, you know... He was Macho Man Randy Savage, and she was just this... Life imitates art. He mm-hmm. was the same way in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, had the dial turned up to 10, and then some. So, mm-hmm. um, just a very cool dichotomy of personalities, uh, and both dying way too young, yeah. tragically, it's unfortunately. Pour one out for them. Yes. Um, I am drinking whiskey now, even though it's Wednesday afternoon. Uh, but, um, fine. It's fine. I'm yeah. drinking pour, my water. Pour one out for Elizabeth and the Macho Man, yeah. All right. Well, I guess that brings us to the end here. Sure is. Yes. Um, so next time you hear from us for episode number four, we are actually going to be talking about someone who is still wrestling right now. Mm-hmm. And arguably, I would say that she probably is. I mean, I would definitely put her in top five. She's probably the top in the top five or three best female wrestlers in the world right now. Her name is Tessa Blanchard, and we're going to cover her career in detail uh, on the next episode of Wrestling with Respect. Uh, And you can find us, of course, on the Instagrams, at Wrestling with Respect, and at Spirit of Rock Pod, which is is our parent network uh, that allows us to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, It is also the home of the Metal Rock and Whiskey podcast, Shameless Plug. Yeah, and, and Pretty Good for a Girl pod, podcast, Shameless yes, Plug. another Shameless Plug, yes. 
Uh, but you can find all of our shows there. You can find me individually on Instagram at the Whiskey Obsessor. Jenny, where can they find you? I should say, they can find me at the Whiskey Obsessor. Whiskey save the E. <laughs> oh no! That's the first time I've ever plugged my own Instagram and didn't say my my famous tagline. <laughs> oh my god! If you guys listen to Metal Rock and Whiskey, you'll know what I'm talking about. So where can they find you? So you guys can all find me at Rumder Woman. That's rum as in it's the best thing. Girls just want to have rum um, 24-7. And um, I also wanted to say, like, if you guys and, and gals out there want us to cover a female, you know, we're happy to take requests, right? Why not? Yes. Within reason. Yeah. I would say within reason. Okay, within reason. Yes. Like, um, I'm not covering the Iconics or anybody like oh, that. Oh, yeah, no, no. We're not going to cover yeah. any garbage uh, garbage females. We, we want some, you know, if you guys want us to cover any legends. Groundbreaking females. People that change the business. Yeah, I'm know. kicking it to the people. You guys let us know, you know? Yeah. Um, Send so us a de- slide into our DMs. Slide into thing? our DMs. Okay. That's what the kids say. Oh, honey, good say. job. Okay. You're so cool now. I know, right? So, <laughs> that was fun. Um... Yeah. So any uh, shout outs, Manny? Oh, of course. So um, we have to shout out, uh, you know, Bullets Fall again. Uh, as always, that's our theme song. They provided it for us. Yep. Uh, we're thankful for them because it it fits what we want to do here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called I Stand Tall. You can find them on um, some some music platform. I'm yep. sure that they're out there. Um, I actually I know the music platform, but I completely forgot where they are. <laughs> so I'm an asshole. Sorry, Ed. Um, Keith's artwork uh, on Instagram at Keith's artwork. Um, thank you to him for giving us the badass logo you see in the thumbnail mm-hmm. uh, when you're listening to our show on iTunes. And wanted to thank again the Spirit of Rock Podcast Network uh, for allowing us to bring this to you. Mm-hmm. You lucky people, you. You lucky people. <laughs> so lucky people. Until next time, we are tapping out. Later. <laughs>